Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into a Monday episode pre-recorded of Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast, of course, brought to you by Topps Friendly Markets. The best burger deals in town are over at Topps, and it is the place to pick out the juiciest, most delicious burgers in town. From beef and turkey to chicken and veggie, you'll find something for everyone. Taste the flavors of the world with unique toppings and twists on the classic burger. Tops World of Burgers is yours to explore. What is up, Ryan Talbot? We got a look. We're sneaking one in before you uh, hit the road here on Tuesday. That's yeah, that's right. Sneaking in one, heading to Arizona for two weeks here to see some family. But uh, don't worry, Bills Mafia. We're still going to have you covered with live episodes of Shout. We're going to have you covered with articles on Syracuse.com and NY Up, and of course. Our fans over at the Shout Insider, Matt, are still going to get a plenty of Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. Yeah, 716-528-6727. Send us a text. Sign up for a two-week free trial, $3.99 a month after that. All right, Ryan, let's get right into it because both of us went back and watched the Buffalo Bills versus the Indianapolis Colts. And there's <laughs> Indian ass. What? Excuse me? Excuse my French. Maybe the Colts played like that at times. Uh, but that's beside the point. A couple of takeaways here that I kind of really wanted to get into and and maybe shift the conversation a little bit forward. You know, you look at A.J. Epinesa and David Questenberry, two guys that have been on this roster that I think going into training camp were probably guys that were penciled in on 53-man rosters, but should they be? I think that's a a valid question to start maybe diving deeper into. And, you know, we made an appearance on the uh, Jay Spence, the King, his podcast over on Buffalo rumblings this afternoon. And we were talking a little bit about AJ Epinesa and Boogie Basham with an arrow up. We talked about that on the show a couple of days ago. What could it mean if the bills do decide to go in a different direction at this spot, at the depth of their edge uh, rusher position, because there's a lot of guys vying for, you know, what I think is a lot of spots, but if the Bills decide to maybe keep a little bit less, that could leave somebody on the outside looking in. I want to zero in specifically on Epinesa. I want you to talk about what you think he's done to this point, including training camp, 
and what he has to do to secure a roster spot over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, at training camp, I actually liked what I saw from AJ Panessa before the pads came on. After the pads came on, he was making a few splash plays here and there, getting his hands up on passes, uh, getting some some pressure. So I, I liked what he had done this summer leading up into Saturday's game against the Colts. The problem was he pulled the Houdini and he absolutely disappeared, Matt. He was on the field, but he wasn't doing much. And yes, limited reps, limited rotational uh, spots for him, the way they were moving players around. But that's not what I need out of AJ Epinesa. If I'm trying to say this is a guy that absolutely deserves a spot on this roster. So that's what I've seen out of him. And his path to making this roster is simple. Make a play or two in these last two preseason games. Play like your job is depending on it because it might. And we've talked about this. He's on a rookie deal. I don't think the Bills just part ways with him and release him. But they might be open to trading him to a team that is defensive and needy that says, hey, this is a guy that had six and a half sacks one season ago playing only a small fraction of the snaps at defensive end. So there's always a few teams that are going to be out there thinking he's a good fit for our system. We like what he did last year. Um, but for him to stick here in Buffalo, Matt, it's it's pretty simple to me. He needs to make plays in these final two preseason games. Like One of the things I started thinking about with Apinesa is if the Bills arrive at a place where they don't want to risk maybe Shaq Lawson and they, you know, cutting him and trying to get him to the practice squad, which I think is a viable, you know, route to take and, and one where, you know, if you go back just a couple months to when he was a free agent, I mean, Shaq Lawson, people weren't, ba- you know, banging down his doors. And I think his value is much higher inside the building in, in Orchard Park than it is maybe around the league. You know, a move on Epinesa to cut him or trade him to me could be an indicator of what they're seeing from Boogie Basham. And I asked Sean McDermott about specifically yesterday about Boogie Basham and the fact that I studied his locker uh, on Saturday after that game and asked him about like, how great does this feel? You had a sack tackle for a loss. Like this is a big time performance with a guy, not only fighting for like a, a role, like a pronounced role, but you know, in, in some setting, if he has a bad preseason could be, fighting for his roster life. And it was ho-hum, man. Like, it, it almost felt like it was just part of a day's work. Like, he wasn't too high, wasn't too low. And so I asked Sean about that, and Sean was like, that is part of a player leveling up, right? Like, starting to get better, starting to believe in themselves. Confidence is coming along. He also mentioned specifically that Boogie Basham, improvement in playing uh, with his pad level at the appropriate place and, you know, getting lower, getting more physical. And so I think with that in mind, if Boogie is continuing to ascend up, a move on Epinesa doesn't necessarily have to even be a move because of Epinesa's play, but because you want to give a larger opportunity or role to Boogie Basham. Yeah, you want to get a player like that that's leveling up, as Sean McDermott kind of put it, uh, in the case of Boogie Basham. And I feel like Boogie Basham brings a little bit more in terms of versatility, Matt. You can line him up at defensive end, but he's also big enough that you can put him in on the inside, play some some snaps at defensive tackle, uh, depending on the kind of looks you're trying to give. So the fact that he brings a little bit more to the table, and we've talked about this regardless of the position, the more you can do on this team, 
the better. And, and Basham coming in, making plays in the preseason, coming off the edge, making stops against the run, knowing you can kick him inside and, and play him there too uh, for a few snaps per game. I think that this really could unlock him and give him a potentially bigger role in this defense. While we're here, before we flip over to the other line, like what is the Shane Ray situation for you at this point? Like, I think there's a lot of work to be done for him to really apply pressure for the depth of the roster. Like I think him being out of the league for as long as he was, I think that there is a really easy path to the practice squad for him. And I think that that just makes more sense. A hundred percent makes more sense. He's been in the CFL the last two years. He was plagued with wrist injuries before that, Matt. So like you said, there's not teams that are necessarily going to be beating down the door to bring in a Shane Wright because they weren't before the Bills signed him. Uh, so I think that you use one of your veteran practice squ- uh, squad spots on a player like Shane Ray, continue to get him acclimated to your system, see if he continues to show improvement. And he's always a player that you can elevate on a given week. He's someone that if an injury happens, which in today's day and age in this in the NFL, there's always injuries to kind of monitor. He's someone that has live game reps and a lot of them under his belt from his time in Denver. So you might feel good after a few more months of learning the system on the practice squad when you elevate him that he could be an impact player for this team. You know, we saw the first left tackle off the bench uh, in this game was Ryan Vandemark, which I think surprised some people. And, you know, I want to pair this. We mentioned Questenberry off the top, had a really underwhelming training camp um, in my eyes. But interestingly enough, I mean, you know, pro football focus, you know, graded every offensive lineman and actually gave David Questenberry a plus grade uh, in pass blocking, gave him a 78.3 for the game against the Indianapolis Colts, only three or four offensive linemen had better grades. Ryan Bates, Richard Garage, who we'll get to in a moment, Kevin Jarvis, and who I think is the big winner now going back and watching the, the game, Osiris Torrance, who was absolutely brilliant for what I think expectations were for him going in and what he comes out looking like in this game. Shout out to our good buddy, Chris Chapasso. He put out a good uh, TikTok video on a couple of the snaps, uh, the all 22 on Osiris Torrance. And, you know, you just see a lot of wins, not a ton, even in run block. I mean, I thought he held up pretty well in pass protection over the course of the game. That's a big, uh, you know, spot for him. We could talk about that, but with Questenberry, a question that's come in from the shout insider group quite a bit over the last couple of days has been what is the path to the roster for guys like Richard garage and Ryan Vandemark? If one of them elevate themselves enough over the course of the next couple of weeks, even maybe even a Tommy Doyle to maybe unseat a David Questenberry. And, you know, I think Richard garage is probably the best place to start. This is an undrafted free agent guy that really showed well for himself against the Colts. Yeah, listen, Richard Garage was outstanding. I went back on Sunday morning and I rewatched every single uh, offensive snap for the Bills in that game, focusing just in on Garage. And there was uh, PFF said he gave up no pressures. I thought he was beaten on one play. Uh, inside move was used against him, but obviously Barkley got the ball out. It didn't result in a negative play. Maybe they felt like uh, he had enough room to kind of pass the ball that it wasn't a, a legit pressure. But he was phenomenal, Matt. Now, my only thing about garages that was against 13 players. Right. Uh, that was in the second half. So if you like the tape of garage, which I would like to believe the Bills coaching staff would after rewatching that game, 
I want to see him get bumped up to the playing with the second team players at some point uh, against the Steelers this upcoming week in the preseason. I want to see what he looks like uh, against guys that maybe aren't going to be starting for Pittsburgh, but have a legit chance of making their 53 man roster. Does he hold up as, as well against players like that? Uh, because you need to have more than just a few reps against the third team squad to really uh, prove that you are worth keeping on a 53-man roster. Now, Garage is a developmental talent on the practice squad. 100% I would make him a priority as long as he clears waivers if the Bills do uh, release him. So I, I like his game a lot. Real quick on uh, Van Demark, real, if he does make this roster at any point, I'm going to refer to him as RVD. Little little wrestling reference there uh, with Ron. I'm sorry. I'll put him in timeout for a moment. That was terrible. Uh, horrible. I'm just kidding. It was great. Listen, people like when I put you in timeout, and I'm bringing you back because I thought that was awesome. People gave me a hard time because I was too hard on you for the Bisquick joke, which I actually love, but I just wanted a little bit of comedy relief. RVD, dude, that's great. Yeah, little little uh, wrestling reference. But the thing about Vandemark is I think a lot of fans saw him with the second team at left tackle, and he held up very well there. He He truly did. When he came back out later in the game at right tackle, his pass protection really struggled. Uh, he gave up a lot of pressures. He gave, he was the responsible party for at least one sack that Barkley took in that uh, the win. So one side completely stronger than the other, which makes me think that I'm not sure either of these young guys have a path to the 53 right now in terms of bumping a Questenberry off the roster. Uh, but Questenberry's versatility isn't necessarily as needed anymore, which you and I have talked about. They have a lot of guard options. They're pretty deep there. The fact that he could play guard and tackle last year, I think, really helped him out a lot. Now I think the Bills solely have to look at him as a tackle option first and, and mainly possibly your swing swing tackle. Right, and I think Brandon Shell held up pretty well. Yeah. I thought that um, Garage was better in pass pro, but I also think Shell played against better competition, so that probably feeds into all of it. It's interesting. I'm looking at the numbers here. Uh, the Bills surrendered against the Colts, according to PFF, eight pressures. Three of those were allowed by Ryan Vandemark, and uh, he gave up a sack. Ike Butker gave up a sack, and you had mentioned wasn't great for Ike. And again, he's still working his way back, so there's going to be some of that going on for him as well, but I think he's definitely could be heavily on the roster bubble. But five total pressures allowed by Edward Shell, Broker, Mance, and Butker, three individually for Vandemark. And I think it's a lot to put on the plate of a second-year UDFA guy. And obviously he signed with, I believe it was the Colts uh, yes. at the UDFA. They ended up cutting him or the Bills ended up uh, claiming him off waivers maybe. I, I can't remember the, the details off it, but he's been with the Bills now for almost a full season. And young player, inexperienced player. And I think asking him to do both, part of that is the in the assessment, like can you do both? Can you play both sides? Like we're going to kind of, throw you in the, the deep end of the pool. And I think him not doing well at right tackle is notable, but it's also notable that he did well at left tackle and maybe he becomes your um, staple backup at that spot because Brandon Shell has run pretty much at right tackle all um, spring or uh, all spring and all summer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending, 
Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, and there's something to be said about coming out of your, your break and things like that at the snap from one side to the other. We've heard players say it's not as easy as some people think because of, of that process itself. Um, so maybe he is just more of a pure left tackle for this team. And I think that the you know, the coaching staff, the front office would be perfectly fine with Vandemark uh, as a left tackle option, backup depth, whatever you want to call it, as long as he continues to put up good tape in that position. He was an interesting prospect after going undrafted. Uh, 20 plus teams made an offer to him as a UDFA. He chose the Colts. Didn't stick with them. He, he was with the Bills uh, for the majority of last season on the practice squad, signed that futures and reserve deal. So, uh, you know, you had an idea that the Bills liked what they saw from him in, in their year developing him, but he might be another player that needs at least one more year of seasoning, whatever you want to call it, uh, before he's maybe ready to take on such a big role. Yeah, Vandermark did uh, had 34 snaps at right tackle and 18 snaps at left tackle. So he played quite a bit, um, uh, and they got a good long look at him. And so I'll be interested to see what they do with him in games moving forward. Little note that I want to throw in here too, Latavius Murray, seventh highest pass blocking grade of any player. He had uh, 15, uh, 15 uh, snaps, offensive snaps. Only one uh, blocking snap, uh, according to, or five pass blocking snaps, um, according to PFF. So just a little interesting nugget. That's going to be part of what makes, like, elevates his value. Yeah. I mean, anytime that you can come in and you can protect your quarterback, you can block. Uh, if there's pressure coming, it's going to help you a lot. And we've talked about how physical he is. And, you know, I, I think Murray found the fountain of youth at some point in his career because he's one of the oldest players on this roster. But you would never guess it looking at him, watching the way that he runs, watching the way that he moves on a field. Uh, he had a great audition. And I, again, I, I say audition, but I pretty much have his name in Sharpie at this point, along with Damian Harris and James Cook is there their lead back to be kind of this three-headed monster with Cook leading the way. But like you just said, Murray, there's a role for a player like Murray to, to help block, to catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, you're not going to give every single snap to Cook over the course of the season, and a veteran like Murray has proven over the course of his career that he can really contribute when called upon. Um, all right, I want to switch gears here a little bit. And one thing that I don't think we've talked enough about in this backup quarterback conversation that I wanted to sprinkle in here really quick is like, I know that there's been this dramatic overreaction or, or reaction, I should say not overreaction to Kyle Allen struggles. And we've documented it here on the show. And I think part of it is I, I went back and I watched him talk uh, after the game and I, w I came away impressed with how, calm cool and collected he was at the podium even after a performance which i think most people were saying wasn't good and i i just think that inside the building they're taking a, a completely different approach to the preseason than maybe the evaluation has been on the outside media and fans because he's going through everything in this offense for the first time and there's gonna there's baked in i think a lot of mistakes that are probably gonna kind of happen bad throws bad reads 
you know, bad, um, you know, you know, uh, not seeing things develop quick enough and making a, a, a timely decision. Those are all going to happen. And so I think like what he's doing is compiling a bunch of different experiences in this offense, running this offense as he learns it to be better prepared for the season. I understand the apprehension going into the year with Kyle Allen based on some of what we've seen, but I also think there's the potential to be for him to be a completely different version of himself in this offense in October and and in November than he is right now, just based on on the time understanding the offense. Yeah. We've talked about this, Matt, on camera, off camera. If the Bills ever lose Josh Allen, it doesn't matter if it's Kyle Allen, Matt Barkley, whoever it is, the, the team's most likely going to be in trouble. And that's league-wide, not just in Buffalo. Most teams don't have quality backup play that you can depend on long-term. But in terms of Kyle Allen himself, there's reasons why the Bills view him or viewed him as their number two quarterback going into the preseason or after free agency. He has more arm talent than Barkley. I know Barkley completed a lot of passes, but you put some of those throws against the first-team defense. uh, I think those throws might end up getting intercepted in in some cases or deflected, batted, whatever. Uh, More mobility, which is what you need. And and like you said, there's something about getting acclimated to the system where in a few months' time, whether he's had zero reps of live game action in the regular season or not, he's going to have the preseason that he can depend on, training camp, and he's going to feel a lot more comfort in the overall system just being in the meeting room, uh, listening back to what Josh Allen is saying about his performance on a given week. It's going to come with time, but fans expecting the Bills to have some kind of fantastic option waiting in the wings, it's just not going to happen based on the way that they pay backups in free agency, uh, the way that they were looking for someone at a certain price point. I didn't think last year Case Keenum was a great option, to be quite honest. So, you know, for every Mitch Trubisky who maybe could have come in and held his own for a game or two, you're usually going to get a a quarterback that might surprise from time to time, but realistically uh, can't necessarily right the ship if he's taking over long term. Yeah, and, like, one of the things I've really – kind of stood back from a distance and kind of appreciated is the situations that, that the Jets find themselves in, you know, bringing in an Aaron Rodgers and now having a, a, a high draft pick in Zach Wilson that gets a chance to kind of learn from one of the best. I do think that that's kind of intriguing. Like, you know, one of the questions that we got in the subtext that we wanted to highlight here is what's this, what's our stance on the bills, maybe drafting a QB next year to essentially be QB two over the next four years. And I thought that was really interesting. And even like a, you know, Jay Spence brought up when we were on his show about maybe even going out and trading for a Malik Willis, somebody that, you know, has some athletic traits, bringing him in and maybe like letting him kind of develop behind Josh Allen and, and be, you know, a version. And if he ever gets a chance to play, then, then maybe the Bills can flip him for in, in a trade to kind of get somebody else on and kind of play that whole game. I'm not against them drafting. I think the one miss that they had was that Jake Fromm never seemed like a true fit for what you'd want to align with Josh Allen. Like he doesn't have any of the traits. Uh, you know, I almost feel like I think I believe his name is Malik Cunningham. That's the kind of style of player that I would kind of chase to try to pair with Josh Allen that could do some of the similar things. Maybe not the same arm talent, but the ability to kind of move with the ball that you can kind of, you know, school them up on some of those pieces like the design runs that are part of the Bills offense. 
Yeah, I, I called Jake Fromm the anti-Allen in terms of his skill set. He was based on anticipation and timing. He didn't have the arm strength, the mobility. Uh, it, it was an odd fit for them when, when they took him. But in terms of drafting a quarterback to kind of be the number two option for this team on a rookie deal for, you know, three, four years, uh, I'm not against it. I don't want the Bills obviously using a day one or a day two pick on a quarterback. But if early on day three, there is a quarterback that has traits that this coaching staff likes that they've met with, that they feel could uh, really be someone that could play in a game or two in a year's time, uh, be that quality backup that maybe you could trade away in a few years for a draft pick, you know, like a Jimmy Garoppolo situation where sometimes you get someone that plays well in the preseason and draws enough interest where you can trade them away. Uh, at some point in their career and kind of start all over again. I'm not against that at all. It, it's just a matter of finding the right prospect and bringing them in and, and realizing that as a rookie, you'd probably want to have, again, a Matt Barkley type as your QB3 because who knows how long it's going to take a rookie to really get acclimated to this system, feel comfortable in it. And you don't want to throw them out to the wolves if, if something were to happen to Josh Allen uh, during the year or something like that. So it would also be some patience on the side of the fan base saying, you know, yes, we did bring this player in to be the number two quarterback. There's that train. Uh, but it might take a little bit more time than what some realize. We got a really cool message from uh, one of the Shout Buffalo Bills uh, text insiders. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. It came from Lindsay. She said, uh, this update chat thing is awesome. I've come to depend on it. I love that I don't have to use social media as my go-to source for the Bills info I'm looking for. The facts, insights, opinions without the drama from Dolphins fans and Tua stands. That alone is worth 10 times the cost of admission. LOL. Come give us a try. Come join uh, the Shout Text Insider Group. We are putting all of our energy into it. You get a two-week free trial just to see what it's all about. See if you want to hang out afterwards, $3.99 a month after that. It is 716-528-6727. Send us a text. Complete the process. You are in, and we're going to bring you all of our insights and analysis over the next couple of weeks as we move towards that final 53. Um, little update out of Orchard Park before we get out of here yesterday. Uh, Tommy Doyle and DJ Dale uh, avoided any serious injuries uh, Sean McDermott said that both of them just suffered contusions. Tommy Doyle was actually out on the practice field, which is a really good uh, sign. Ilianku, I did not see him out at practice, so we'll continue to track that uh, where maybe he was. But the Bills are, from a health perspective, obviously the Bernard, uh, Bernard situation is not ideal. Damian Harris being out, not ideal. But I think, you know, as both of those guys work back and maybe you can get them into a healthy spot before the start of the season, the Bills overall i think are in a pretty good spot at this stage yeah absolutely in a good spot right now again you mentioned yes bernard who had been in the mix to be the starting middle linebacker suffers a hamstring injury but it sounds like something that he could be back from sooner rather than later damian harris has been nothing but positive reports when we've spoken with sean mcdermott so nothing major at this point uh which is a great sign with the regular season just a few weeks away Oh man, the, the regular season is coming up. I mean, it's the end of summer and you know, everybody's thirsty and you can quench your thirst for savings right now at tops friendly markets, get $5 in cool cash. One point for every $1 you spend on the brands that you love through September 2nd, Pepsi, 
Mountain Dew, Polar, Gatorade, Tim Hortons, Duncan, Body Armor, Pure Leaf, everything that you love. Go and buy some of it at Tops. Ask your cashier to redeem your points for a coupon offer. Your next shopping trip, it is heating up for summer savings over at Tops. All right, Ryan, I think that's going to do it. Final thought. Final thought, Bills Mafia, stick with us. We'll have you covered a few times a week here with Shout. We'll have you covered on our Shout Insider text group and you know across our uh, websites, Syracuse.com and NYUp.com with all your Bills news and needs. All right, everybody. That's it for us. We'll see you on Wednesday. Take care, everybody.